Well, hi there, guys. Thank you for listening to ABC's podcast today. Our prayer as you listen to this podcast is that it would truly be a blessing. Perhaps it may lead you to Christ for the very first time. Or if you know Christ, it'll definitely lead to a deeper commitment to Christ. But in the same breath, what we don't want is for these podcasts to be a replacement for your church. It just can't be. We believe that the gathering of believers, the local church, matters. It matters to you personally, your family, and the community the church is attached to. God's designed us for community with each other. So yes, we pray this podcast is a blessing, an encouragement, a challenge perhaps, definitely an installment moving you closer to Jesus, and we're excited that you're going to listen. But also know that we, it's not a replacement for church. And may God honor your faith as you listen, as you hear Him, and as you obey. Blessings, everyone. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us on our next installment of the Reign of Grace, our expositional journey through Romans chapter 12, um, an intentional look at the body of Christ in this pandemic as we start to regather some fragmented and isolated, others meeting virtually or physically, and, you know, just regaining, you know, regaining what are the essentials of our gathering? You know, why do we meet? What are we to accomplish? What are the purposes? Where is this all going? Right. So whether you're isolated at home or whether you're meeting at church, what should this look like? That's what we're looking at. That's what we have been looking at. And if you're joining us for the very first time, go back. Go back to number one. <laughs> um, you'll see it on the podcast list. You can go back to number one and get the full momentum of where we have been going up to this point. But we're glad you're with us nonetheless. Okay, so this morning we are at their last two directives. There are 13, you will remember. Romans chapter 12 from verse 9. Okay, and we, we started and it read thus. Love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, that's three, be devoted to one another, four, in love, five, honor one another above yourselves, six, never be lacking in zeal, seven, keep your spiritual fervor, eight, serving the Lord, nine, be joyful in hope, ten, patient in affliction, eleven, faithful in prayer, twelve, is at verse thirteen, Share with the Lord's people who are in need. And 13, practice hospitality. So that's what we have been looking at. What does, what does a Christian or grace look like on flesh and bone? That's what we've been looking at. What does it look like when those flesh and bones in grace get together? What does it look like? And so that's what we've been unpacking and uh, today we conclude with number 12 and 13. Now, before we get into it, I would like you to have your mind think on this, this because it escapes us, it's not seen, it's, it's barely read about, it's barely shared, and that is our body globally. Okay, think about the church body globally and from its beginnings, just generally. Go with me here, all right? First of all, understand that even though we are fragmented and, you know, and basically starting from scratch because of COVID, all right, our regathering, 
our presence as a church, our, our community here, is very abnormal when compared to the rest of the body of Christ in the world. And by that I mean, we're doing the same things. You know, we're singing, we're praying, we're having communion, we're baptizing, making disciples, preaching, and on and on, having fellowship, all those things. But our context is very abnormal. And by that, I'm saying the fact that we can meet with relative peace, the fact that we can meet in freedom, the fact that we can meet with a relatively productive economy, okay, a stable government, all those things, friends, how we are here in South Africa, and particularly here in Amamsatoti, is very unique. Because if you were to go right back to the beginning of the church, right back to the beginning, from the first three centuries, it was hell on earth for the Christian church. You remember, it was not easy being a Christian. All the letters in the New Testament, either they're suffering major persecution or they're about to implode internally. Something was ominous around them. The, the, you know, just to live as a Christian, were, you know, the chances of success were not very likely. That's for the first 300 years of the church. Either the Jews were against them or the Romans were against them. Okay, and church largely was a small group of the gospel, either meeting or on mission, uh, basically living as refugees. And our context of Romans, the letter to the Romans is that. The context is brutal, brutal. Okay, and if you fast forward, you know, up to the 1500s, the early, the first two, three hundred years of the Reformation was brutal. I mean, if you believed the Bible, if you believed the Bible, took the gospel and got baptized, and you were found out, literally your family was thrown out of the city, if not thrown into the river. Um, Christians persecuted Christians, Protestants persecuted Catholics. We've got genocide in the Ottoman Empire, the Armenian genocide. You've got communism all coming against the church. So the church has always had a very hostile environment. It's been like that. And even today, now you won't see the image that I'm sharing at the church, but if you check open doors, you'll see the image. And there they list the top 50 countries um, where it's not easy to be a Christian under the reign of grace. And they list what's not easy about being under the under that and I just want to list for you some of the things. This is the context which the church largely finds itself in today. 245 million people, Christians, are experiencing high levels of persecution. 245 million. One in nine Christians worldwide experience high levels of persecution. 14% is the rise in the number of Christians in the top 50 countries who experience high levels of persecution. So it's not getting better, it's getting worse. 4,136, that's the number of Christians killed for their faith, all right, in one year in these 50 countries. 2,625 Christians detained without trial, arrested, sentenced, and imprisoned. 2,625. Seven out of nine, that means seven out of the countries in the world's top list, okay, come from an, an Islamic oppression. Eleven countries scoring in the extreme level of persecution, okay? Eleven. Five years ago, there was only one, and that was North Korea. Five years ago. 
Now it's 11. 18 is the consecutive years North Korea has ranked number one in the world's most dangerous place for Christians. And you can get more on opendoorsusa.org for that. But I'm, I'm painting this picture because, friends, you know, we need to take a fresh appreciation for what we have as a church. Where we're meeting, who we're with, what we have. We have facility with a few crosses on it. We carry our Bibles to church here in freedom and in peace. You know? And so when it comes to these directives, friends, why do we do this? Why are you in this church and, and, and following hard after grace? Well, I hope it's for this. As heavy a burden as it may be. And these verses that we're going to look at this morning are not easy. They are not easy. They sound nice and pretty. But let me tell you, when you want to make church your home, when you want to make church your home, that it is a business not for sissies. It is a business not for sissies, okay? And why do we put our nose to this? We put our nose to this because of what Jesus promised. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Why? For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Amen? So you think about how the church has been born all that it has gone through, the thousands and millions of Christians that have been persecuted, whose blood lays on the floor or in the, on the ground or in a river or in the ocean, and all that has come against the church. What does Jesus say? He says, rejoice and rejoice exceedingly because high, huge, great is your reward in heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are those who are meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They will be filled. Merciful for mercy. Pure in heart will see God. Peacemakers will be sons of God. The persecuted, right, will see the King of heaven. So as ominous as it is and as peculiar as we are, friends, nothing outweighs the rewards, the blessings, the joy, the grace of being in Christ. Amen? Nothing. Nothing compares to being in Christ. And whatever we have to sacrifice in the name of Jesus, it still doesn't compare to what we receive or going to receive or the sacrifice our Lord and Savior has done on our behalf. So I want to introduce this morning with that massive picture uh, uh, of all that is against us and all that we have, but also bearing in mind the great hope to which we are called. Amen? All right. So this morning I've called it Bring ABC Home. And, and this is a word and season considering the context that we're facing, the isolation and fragmentation of our church, and the fact that ABC is basically starting from ashes. We are starting from ashes up. All right, and here we go. And understand that these verses are in a very hostile context. So when we read Romans chapter 12, verse 13 today, which says what? Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Okay, we are talking about a Christian community that is hemorrhaging. Hemorrhaging because they've lost loved ones. Hemorrhaging because they've said goodbye to family members who've been persecuted in Rome. Hemorrhaging because they've lost everything. Their economy, their families, their whole basis for life has been destroyed because they took up this gospel. So this command comes in that kind of context. And this command comes to us even today. And even though we don't share a same context, brothers and sisters, these words are found in a Bible. And because they're find, found in a Bible, they are God's word to us. They are God's word to us. And we take them as God's word. God says to you and I today, share 
with the Lord's people who are in need. That's it. And that's my first point. What does he mean? Okay, what, what does he mean when he says share? That word is fellowship. And we've talked about fellowship. Fellowship, it's, he's not just talking about, you know, share your materials with people who have need. You know, give where there's a need and just give. Or pay where there's a need to pay. Or donate. Or make charity. He's talking something a bit more deeper than that. He's saying fellowship with the Lord's people who are in need. You have fellowship with them. You share in their needs. How are you going to know they have a need? How are you going to know they have a need? Because you've shared in their need. That person has shared their need and you share that need with them. Okay? You share that need with them. And that's the question we have to ask ourselves this morning. The people under the reign of grace. All right? Who? Who, who, who have what? Verse 9. Love must be sincere. Do you remember that? That was part 1. Love must be sincere. If they have that love in the reign of grace, under the reign of grace, you will do what? You will share with the Lord's people who are in need. Their needs become your needs. It's just that simple. They become family. They be, I mean, if you, it's easily applicable to, applicable to your family members. Your child has a need. It's your need. Guess what? You feel that need because you feel it like it's yours. Your parents have a need. You feel it. That's my need because it's their need. I feel it. I, I, and I want to fix it. And that's what he's saying similarly for this church. This body that's under the reign of grace. We share our needs and we literally share our needs. And we, we take it as our own. We take it. I mean, Paul says he's very strict. He said, in fact, if a family member does not provide for his family, all right, he should be excommunicated and considered worse than a pagan. All right? I mean, if you have a father that's not providing for the family, a, a, or any member of the family not providing first for their family, what is that? That's not the gospel. They haven't understood the grace at all. But similarly, church, we are a church that takes hold of all the needs of the family. And again, remember the context of Romans here. We've got a very racialized, politicized, uh, divided church. We've got Jews and Gentiles. And what Paul is saying is shocking. Jews don't look after Gentiles and Gentiles don't look after Jews. But he says, no, in the body... In the body, love must be sincere. Skip to verse 13. You share with the Lord's people who are in need. That's everybody. No matter what their race. No matter what their ethnicity. No matter what their ex work experience or their life choices. You with me? You share in that. You share in that. That's the nature of our church. That's the nature of our church, whether we're fragmented and isolated or whether we're gathering. But friends, as we look at 2021 going forward, okay, I've said this over and over. It's been like a new mantra, is that we are foregoing the rah-rah. Okay, COVID has killed the rah-rah. In other words, the big events, the, the big celebrations that achieve, and we, all, we come, we eat, and we go home. You know those kind of events? We come, we eat, and we go home. That's all done. We can't come. We can't eat. So that's killed that. But we can still be real. And we must aim still to be real. 
we must still aim for ABC members to feel at home in order to share their needs and in order that we can share their needs with them. That's real. That's real. So, we, and, that, and what, would it, what would the purpose be of ABC? If the community saw, okay, here's a group that meet on 100 Bernadotte Street and they all believe in the same ideas, that's great. But you know what? They don't care for each other. They don't care for each other. They all believe the same thing, but they don't do anything for each other. I mean, what kind of testimony is that? So as we go forward in 2021, the communication we want to send out to the watching world is that, hey, we believe in the living gospel and the eternal hope of Christ. And we care for one another. Amen. We share the needs of each other because we're family. And we take it that seriously. We take it that seriously. This is not an excuse, uh, you know, to condone those who are being lazy. You know, oh, well, you know, I don't have to do anything. The church is going to take care of me. No, that's not. That's a bad interpretation of Romans 12, verse 13. It's no excuse. I mean, Paul later, (laughs) that would be a complete contradiction to what Paul later says in Thessalonians, where he says, "If, if, if they don't work, they don't get to eat. You know, so there's no contradiction in Scripture. So you can't interpret it like that. It's not an excuse to be lazy, to, to be indifferent. Okay, But he's saying, here's the thrust of it. Here's the thrust of it. We are partakers. We have fellowship with Christ, don't we? We have fellowship with Christ, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 9. We also have fellowship in the sufferings of Christ, 1 Peter 4 verse 13. Okay? And, and as Paul would say in Philippians 3.10, we have fellowship in his resurrection, fellowship in his sufferings. So we have this fellowship. We're not to have fellowship with false teachers. We have this fellowship. And we have fellowship with one another. And that means we know they have a need and we, it becomes our need. We know their joys, it becomes our joy. We know their sorrows and it becomes our sorrow. We know their concerns, it becomes our concerns. We know their burdens, it becomes our burdens. We, co- we know their prayer needs and they become our prayer needs. This is the heart of it. It's a selfless, sacrificial love. Remember, that's the bar in Romans 12 verse 9. Love must be sincere. This agape love, selfless love. Not self-seeking, but, self- but seeking others first love. And so we share in their needs. That's would meet that division, that definition. Okay. So you've got to ask yourself the question going forward, ABC, if you want to make the church great, you, uh, we, we've got to do more than just attend. Okay, now we want, and we're putting everything to get people together. We've got COVID compliant. We've got a program. Everything's organized. The lights are on. The fans are spinning. The water is flowing. The, the tea is hot. You know, We've got the space to meet. But if ABC is not your home in your heart, then why are you coming? And if you're not prepared to have ABC in your become home and you not make your home in ABC, friends, that's not church. church. Church is more than just a gathering. It's much more than Sunday And if you're only experiencing church on Sunday, I'm inviting you to take church to another level. Okay? And make it your home. Get to know people. Have people get to know you. Now we're talking church. 
Okay, <laughs> and we talked a bit about that last week as we reset the factory settings on giving, didn't we? All right, what to give, what to keep, and how to have the Holy Spirit help us determine what to give and what to keep. Why are we giving and asking God to help us manage what we're keeping? Because we, we've turned. We've turned towards grace, and grace changes everything. Here's Galatians 6 verse 10. It says like this, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Especially to the, to the family of believers. You know, I love waffles and ice cream. All right? I, I just, you want to take me, that's, that's where I'll go. If that's on offer, that's going to be an easy buy. But especially... Waffles and ice cream with banana, nuts, and chocolate. Oh, there we go. I'm not, I'm not going to choose anything else. That's what I'm going to choose, especially that. I'm going to zero in on that. All right. So Paul is saying, Christians, you are generally generous, but especially, especially to the needs of the church. Especially. Okay. So when the community looks at us from the outside, is that a characteristic that they would say of us? They, you know what? That church, they know what they believe. They sing what they believe. They preach what they believe. They pray what they believe. And guess what? They love like they believe. Amen? There's, they know that their stuff is not their own. They know they're, they're stewards of it. And we have avenues and ministries that are conduits of this kind of compassionate love. I mean, we all know about the blessing basket um, and how you can give to the blessing basket and then how we share compassion to families and needs. With, with, with needs, some have lost work, some have no opportunity for work, some are house-ridden, and so then they need food. So we have an avenue of, of the blessing basket which we give to, to members and non-members from time to time. Okay, but the, Because that's what Christians do. They give. Christians give. So I suppose there is a danger in this, that someone with a heart, you know, they could read this text and then if they have a heart of envy for someone else, they'll say, well, see, um, okay, so Romans 12, 13 says, um, you know, we must all be equal. I don't have, and I see that my brother has what I want, therefore he should give to me so we all have the same. That, that's, not, that's a bad interpretation. Not, that's not what it means. If your heart is, is not saying, I'm very wealthy and I must meet needs, then you're also missing the point. If, if you're already thinking, hey, there are people here with more than me, I want some of that, you're not operating under the banner of love. Okay, so rather, rather we should have a Christian-centeredness, Christian-centeredness, Christ-centeredness, that, that has the same attitude, the same mindset of Christ. Philippians 2. Hey? Don't seek selfish ambition or vain conceit, but consider others better than yourselves. And that mindset just keeps giving and giving and giving and giving. Right? Some people even give their lives. Some people even give their lives. Right. So rather, rather than proudfully resisting sharing your needs... We would have you come and share your needs and give God, give us the blessing of being able to meet those needs. 
Okay? So all of us ready to give. All of us ready to meet needs. All of us with open hands with God's stuff. And all of us humbly saying, I have a need. Okay. Could you imagine? Imagine how would the church have survived if it wasn't meeting the needs of the church from inception up to now? Think about the people that are fleeing their homes now. Think about the movement of the church because of persecution and the number of Christian refugees who are meeting with other Christian churches. I mean, what would have happened if Paul was not received in Thessalonica, if Paul was not received in Corinth, if he was not received um, in, at Ephesus, and so on and so forth? If the church had simply closed its door and not cared about other Christians, it, it, it would have no momentum. That's just people fleeing because of persecution. But we also have the church on mission, don't we? We have the church sending missionaries. We have the church sending preachers and pastors and leaders. So can you see how critical this command is for the church? Because it mobilizes the body. It mobilizes. So our having people over or our, us meeting people's needs has a much larger purpose and brings about a greater momentum of the gospel. It's very significant. It's very significant. Please take that to heart. No, and we are talking about genuine love, and we are talking about a high cost. This is going to cost. It's going to most likely be an intrusion. It's most likely going to be an inconvenience. It's most likely going to cost you something, whether it's time or money or energy. Okay, It is going to do that, but don't lose sight of the greater purpose, because it's done in Jesus' name, the greater reward, Okay, the greater gospel and the witness that this is producing. It is profound. When you give, when you give, you are blessed, Jesus said it himself. Remember, I introduced the whole topic today with the Beatitudes. We need that to, to take heart with this command. And, and friends, really, what excuse do we have considering we are not persecuted, considering we're in a free government, considering we have a facility and you have a home and we have transport and we have roads and we have, um, you know, everything's conducive for our, fellowship, for our fellowshipping and sharing of needs. We have WhatsApp, we have Facebook, we have phones. I mean, we have each other. We're meeting every week. So we have no excuse not to take this to heart. Beloved, please, whether you're isolated, fragmented, or whether you're gathering, if, if we're going to take ABC to, to great heights of glory, then we take this to heart. All right, friends? And some of you, you don't share your needs. And I, I don't know why. We ask for you to share your needs on WhatsApp. We ask, it's in the bulletin. Give us your prayer requests. Give us your needs. Speak up, speak up, speak up. And maybe this is the message that you need to hear to say, hey, come on, man, this year you're going to share a need. And for others, you hear the needs, you see the needs, you hear them, you see them, but you don't do anything. And this is the year. This is the year church becomes home. And you say, right, Lord, directed by you, when I see a need or, or read a need, your spirit will, will give me a peace to say, right, that's my baby. I've got it. I can do that. 
You with me? All right. Last directive. Um, Romans twelve thirteen. Ach, yeah. Practice hospitality. Is the last one. I mean, this basically, in my view, summarizes all the directives in one. If you, if you are a Christian. And if you are a Christian in a Christian community, guess what you're doing? It, it, separates, it separates members from non-members. And I don't mean a piece of paper. Just because you're a member and you have, and you have a, signed a piece of paper doesn't mean you're a member. Because I know members who have not signed any piece of paper, but they're real members. <laughs> it's because they do this. And here it is. You want to make ABC your home? And we want home, home to be ABC. This is what we have to do. We have to practice hospitality. All right. It's something that has to be pursued. And that's the real word there. Pursue, practice, pursue. You make it your focus. Like it's the same word that was used in a negative way when Paul pursued the Christians in Jerusalem to kill them. All right. He pursued them. He practiced it. Now it's in a positive sense. We are to pursue, practice a hospitality. You make it your choice, your goal, your priority. You will pursue this with earnestness. And what will you pursue? Under the reign of grace, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Guess what you're going to find yourself doing? You're going to find yourself opening your home to hospitality. You're going to find yourself opening your heart to wanting to make strangers family. Okay, what do you mean by that? Okay, maybe you think hospitality and hospitality has become to know, you know, in a general sense, we know when we think hospitality, I'm thinking entertaining guests, table settings, parties, folded serviettes, place setting, ushers, you know, hospitality. I'll never forget. Um, you know, when I worked in the corporate with Nedbank, um, what, what, what Nedbank wanted to do was to experiment uh, making their branches a retail center, right? Um, so we went for training and we were going to be the pilot branch. Nedbank Fourways was going to be the pilot branch for making Nedbank services a retail experience. So guess what Ivan was trying? I was taken off the inquiry's desk and I was asked, would you be the MC? We'll give you training. We'll show you. But wow, what you do now is that you meet people at the door before they even come in. You meet people. And as they, now this was before um, the rolling doors. The rolling doors went to the tellers, but my job was there in the front on the floor. And I basically greeted people as they came in. I said, would you like a cup of coffee? And I would take them to the coffee table. There would be coffee there. If they were going to meet a business banker or a personal banker, um, you know, I would arrange that. I would settle them in. I would be hospitable. That was my job. And I loved that job. I loved it. <laughs> I mean, it was great. Um, so and that's what I think of hospitality. It's just making people feel comfortable. But biblically, it's not that. That's not what hospitality is. Hospitality in the Greek, there's a compound word, and it means love towards strangers. So it's, it's almost like it. It's similar. All right. But you in the reign of grace will have a love towards a stranger. 
Colin Cruz puts it like this, the process by which an outsider is changed from stranger to guest. The process by which an outsider is changed from stranger to guest. Now think back, think back to how people traveled in the context of the letters to the Romans. I mean, when we travel, we book online, we can Google map it, we can check out our distance, we can then go via this motel or this resort and stop over here and stop here, this quick one stop. Okay, traveling is pretty easy. Not in the original context. Not in the first century church. Traveling was dangerous. Traveling was expensive. Traveling was slow. It was very slow. In fact, only a few people traveled. Few people. I mean, if you had, and if you did travel and you had perhaps an important business trip to do or, you know, something significant, what would you find? You'd find that very wealthy person going with an entourage, you know, like a mini army because it was so dangerous. You don't go alone. So whether it was by sea or by land, it was, it was difficult. It was very difficult. So imagine now the significance of being told, church, practice hospitality. Because, well, can you imagine if Jesus did not have a place to put his head or supper to eat when he traveled? And they, they estimate he traveled about 3,000 miles in his ministry. Just in his ministry. Okay. Egypt to Jerusalem a few times, Galilee, the wilderness, Tyre. Imagine all that without, the, without people receiving him and being hospitable to him. Imagine Paul now. And we know the dangers Paul faced when he traveled. A lot of dangers. I mean, there's just no guarantee he would arrive where he set his heart to arrive. Okay. And if you're a traveler, if you're a traveler, you must now think, of, of what suspicion you're under when you go to a new place. Because people don't travel. So why are you traveling? If it's not for official business, well, are you running from something? Are you a criminal? Have you done something bad? Who are you? You don't speak my language. You're not from my tribe. You're not from my region. You're not even a citizen. Who are you? So there's major suspicion, big barriers to overcome when a stranger arrives in your area. But Paul is calling the church, hey, you practice hospitality to your Christian brothers, all Christian brothers, all Christians. So this was very significant to the early church. And it's no less significant for us that we, ABC, are to be open-hearted to strangers, making strangers a, a family. You know, that's what our website says. When you click on the web, it says, welcome home. Welcome home. But those are just words. If our ABC members okay, are not welcoming strangers on Sundays. So ABC, as we go forward into 2021 and as we re start to regather and regain our momentum, what is your heart when you come? Okay, Because under the reign of grace, your love must be sincere. Your love, and you must practice hospitality. You must put your mind to it that you have a heart that is open to making strangers family. Amen? All right? And, and so it's not just a website that says, Welcome home. Please, we have a Sunday service where every member in Christ, under the reign of grace, loves sincerely and says, Welcome home to all the brothers and sisters.
all the brothers. When we have missionaries that come and visit, you know, we, we might welcome home. You know, they've traveled far. They have a harsh context. And when they come home, we pray for them. We make them feel comfortable. We play with their kids. Right? Welcome home. When we have a guest speaker, welcome home. Come and feel free with us. And if, if the Lord leads, have them over for lunch. Make a supper time. Have coffee dates. All right? Listen to 3 John 5 to 8. 3 John 5 to 8. Dear friend, you are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers and sisters, even though they are strangers to you. They have told the church about your love. Please send them on their way in a manner that honors God. It was for your sake, it was for the, the sake of the name that they went out, receiving no help from the pagans. We ought therefore to show hospitality to such people so that they may work together for truth. There's the greater purpose. So by sharing your things, your time, your home, you are participating in the advance of the gospel. So friends, in the beginning, I said these are very difficult words. Okay, They are difficult words because this text is calling us to a radical commitment to others. A radical commitment. It's calling us to get outside of ourselves to meet the needs of others. And it applies to us on Sundays that we need to be welcoming, that we need to open our hearts and our hands to the stranger to make them a guest. Think about the first time you came to the church and your experience. And replicate that for the first timer. And for those that have been coming for a while and you still don't know their name. Or you have not yet have them over you know, to your place. You haven't quite made it home. This is a call to take it further. Take it further. And extend the power of the gospel. Own the needs of the body. Pursue hospitality. This is a genuine expression of love. Organizing programs and organizing dinners and breakfasts and having events is fine. But friends, it's all rah-rah if at the end of it, no one knows your name. And you don't know someone else's name. And worse, you don't know that there's someone in that meeting who has a big need. Devastating if you have a need, but in that program, event, dinner, get-together, you didn't share it. Friends, that brings no glory to God whatsoever. So that's what I mean by less rah-rah, more real. Because, friends, Jesus was not into rah-rah. I mean, you would look at his life and think, how insignificant. All right? He didn't come with an entourage. He didn't come with flash. He didn't come with a podium. He didn't come with a pulpit or a stage or a band or an army. But he was real. He couldn't be more real. He left heaven. He left heaven. He left every claim to everything in the universe. He left all his comforts. He left his recognition, his honor to come to earth. All right? And not a friendly earth, a hostile earth. 
enemies of him, outsiders to him, but in great need. He came to meet our needs. He practiced hospitality to make us strangers no more. Right? We were strangers. But by coming to the earth, coming in flesh, and going to the cross, taking away our sins, bearing them before the Father, removing them from believers as far as the east is from the west, and bringing us home. Home. This, friends, Romans 12 verse 13, is living out what Jesus has done for us, what Jesus has modeled for us. And it's to be under the reign of grace and to see that grace transform our lives for real. Friends, we don't save people to come to our parties. And even if our parties are in the name of Jesus, we save people, or God saves people through us, so we can change their lives. Right? And so they can change our lives. Our lives. Will it be an investment? Yes. Will there be a cost? Yes. Ask Jesus. He knows the cost. Okay? But there will be a greater return. A greater return. Although humbled on the cross, dying as a, as a, as a man, he was exalted to the right hand of the Father, and there all authority has been put under his feet, and all creation bows before him. So he lost nothing by obeying. He lost nothing by meeting our needs, sharing our needs, and by practicing hospitality. And neither will we, friends. So in conclusion, I say, ABC, let's come home this 2021. Let's come home. Make ABC your home. Individually, I would pray that you would take Jesus as your Lord and Savior and have fellowship with Him. I would also encourage you to make ABC your home. And really make it your home. Alright. Ministry leaders. Re-examine your ministry models. Okay. All that you want to do for the ladies. All that you want to do for the men. All that you want to do for the children. All that you want to do for, for anything in the name of Jesus. Friends. Does it end here? Does it end with you knowing their needs? And practicing hospitality. If it doesn't end there, friends, it's just a waste of time. <laughs> it's just a waste of time. So let's not spin our wheels anymore. Is ABC your home? Where are you? Why are you coming? Okay, and what are your needs? What's inhibiting you from making ABC your home? Let's put that before God and let's take a step together in faith, trusting that we lose nothing by extending love or by receiving love. Amen? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for these words. So simple, so clear. And we know, Lord, if we were to step into that gate, we thank you, God, already. For what awaits everyone. Lord, we would pray that in us you would do a new work. Maybe we've had church backwards. Maybe we've been doing it all wrong, focusing on the wrong things. God, help us. Please help us just align ourselves to the love of God and to embrace these 13 directives for ourselves first. 
and then to practice before others. God help ABC, Lord. May she be mightily used in your hands. Father, we may be scattered. We may have a humble budget. We may have a facility that is, that is in need. But because we have you, and because we have your love, and we have members trusting and obeying, Father, we have everything to make a difference in our families and in our community's life. God help us, Lord, that we would have everyone at ABC a family member. Everyone at ABC welcomed home. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to our ABC podcast today. If you'd like to know more about ABC, then please check us out on Facebook, on YouTube, or our website. We also have resources we'd like to share freely to everyone uh, through Right Now Media. We have a channel with them, and we'd love to share you that link. Just email us on totibaptists at gmail.com or WhatsApp us directly on 079-033-228, and we'll get you in touch with those links and resources. If you have a prayer request or an item of praise or a question, then also feel free to get in touch with us via those links. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you and give you His peace. Thank you.